Hey there, you're listening to Starting the Conversation, the podcast which is all about communicating the real-life narrative of being an entrepreneurial woman. I'm your host, Alice Burnham, and if you're ready to be inspired and fall one step closer to your dream career, then keep on listening. Welcome to episode number 14 of the podcast series, where I'm going to be joined by a special guest to talk about all things PR and break down how PR is relevant for us as small business owners and entrepreneurs. But before we dive in, I just want to check if we've been introduced before. If we've not, hello, my name is Alice. I'm a UK-based digital marketing coach, which is a bit of a mouthful, but basically means that I work with creative entrepreneurs to establish effective and sustainable online strategies. Alongside loving my dog and loving eating ice cream, I also really love creating content which is genuinely useful for business owners and entrepreneurs. I think where this comes from is how I started my business. Age 17, absolutely no experience and relying solely on podcast blogs and my own intuition to figure everything out. And in fact, not a lot's changed since then. But that's where today's episode comes in. Because I think this is a topic which everyone probably needs to have a bit of education on. As entrepreneurs, we are often the one who has to understand and work in every area of our business. Unlike big corporate business, there aren't departments, it's just us. So we've got to be fluent in accounts, marketing, customer service, HR, you name it. And a part of business that I've always had a very limited grasp on is PR. I've always believed that it was just for big corporates and that it wasn't relevant for my small business or my industry. I mean, you'll hear it in this episode, but I literally didn't know what PR stood for. I thought I did, but it was a slightly embarrassing moment when I didn't even know what the phrase meant. So you can listen out for that in this episode. And knowing that I had this limited understanding of PR and coming across a lot of my clients who are in the same position, the second that I met Claudia, who with 10 years of industry experience, let me tell you, is a PR queen, she knows a lot, I instantly knew that I needed her to join me on an episode to break down all things PR and help us as business owners to understand it and understand how we can actually tackle it and use it within our businesses. This is such a good one for you to listen in on. Claudia shared some absolute gold. She talked about how PR is different to advertising, how small businesses can engage in PR, why it's not just for big corporates. She talked through some tips for approaching journalists. She even talked us through how to define what's newsworthy in our businesses. So if, like me, you're a bit of a PR noob and you have incredible products and services that you want to tell the world about, but you don't know how to utilize PR, this is an episode for you. And also, alongside her PR wisdom, Claudia shared some of her story into launching her PR consultancy, Chloe PR, and she talked about how she's found the transition from employee to business owner, and what she's learned along that first year of entrepreneurship. So if you're ready to dive in, get educated on all things PR, and fall in love with Claudia and her expertise, let's get started. Claudia, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have you. Lovely to be here, Alice. Thank you so much for inviting me on this podcast. Oh, it's such a pleasure. So for people that haven't already come across you or they've never met you before, tell us a bit about you, what you get up to, what your business is. Cool. All right. Well, um, I have set up a business called Clo PR. It's a PR consultancy. Uh, it's been running for a year now. And essentially, um, my background is, is in pure PR and social media engagement. Um, so I've got 10 years 
of experience working in various different PR agencies and marketing agencies. Um, and my kind of experience is pretty broad. Um, so I've worked on kind of campaigns of national significance for the likes of NHS, so on health campaigns, as well as education, uh, working with the Department of Education. Um, and then moving on to corporate clients um, across various different sectors and then honing my consumer experience um, with the likes of Heston Blumenthal um, and various food brands. So yeah, it kind of all started um, to kind of come together, I think a year before I started Clay PR, when um, I was essentially offered this amazing opportunity with an old client of mine um, to set up a PR agency together. Um, and suffice to say, it didn't actually work out, um, but it sowed the seed for me doing it myself um, without funding and anyone above to tell me what to do. Um, so, you know, it started with a, a, a Mac MacBook and a very small number of uh, contacts and I don't think I have actually ever dreamt that I'd own my own business but um, I think I've never had the confidence to think it could be possible. Mm. I realised that I, I could actually get shit done and make clients happy and so that's when I made the jump to do it myself. Which is so exciting. And I mean, you talk about you had almost like 10 years of experience in mm. kind of the world of working for someone else and in a company. Yeah. And you're kind of, like you said, you've got someone above you and there's almost that security. So mm. what was that transition like going from working for someone else in a company to kind of running your own consultancy firm? That must have been such a big kind of contrast of your yeah. working life. Um, it was bloody scary. <laughs> For a, for a start, um, I to be honest, I think back to the time, the month before I jumped ship and I just felt sick every day of, you know, whether I was making the right decision, um, uh, you know, and obviously going from that really uh, important financial security um, to the unknown, complete darkness. Um and I don't think I'd, I ever want to feel like that again. But yeah, it was it was really difficult at the beginning because I am such a team player and I love working with people. So that was, I think, the biggest struggle for me is, was being alone so much at the beginning. Um, and you, you kind of question yourself a lot more when you don't have people around you, you know, validating what you do. Um so that was hard. I mean, luckily, I have an amazing husband who kept pushing me to do to do it, um, and um, and you know, friends and family and stuff. And and it was all about kind of getting myself out of the house, making contacts, meeting old contacts, um, and yeah, it's it's slowly coming together. But it's been yeah, it's been hard. <laughs> Yeah, I think all of us have that. Like, I think regardless of how long your business has been going, I think we all have those yeah. days of like, what well, should I be doing this? This is terrifying. I think I've yeah. made a mistake. And I think that's so normal, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it's a natural thing, you know, natural thought process to go through. But I, you know what? I just admire anyone 
setting up their, their own business. It's just incredible what the, a human can do, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. with the mind and with the body um, and make shit happen. Mm. Yeah, and I think something that, yeah, it's just that even the way that we connected was through kind of me realising that I should really value connecting with likewise people because I think that's so important in what we do, isn't it? We're often kind of in our little offices behind our computers doing our thing and we suddenly look around us and are like, I feel really alone and I feel really by myself. And I love that. Yeah, it's just something I see you value a lot in your business and how you connect with people online and kind of surround yourself with women who are kind of doing similar things or at least can kind of cheer you on in that journey like-minded people yeah I think um I I totally feel the same that it has actually taken me quite a while to to really acknowledge the power of that Mm -hmm. um and now I totally get it it's about surrounding yourself with like-minded people who are going to be your you know brand fans essentially gonna push you up I love that phrase I'll yeah. <laughs> use it more in this podcast as well um, uh, for other relevance, relevant uh, topics. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, especially females because we're, it's so easy to, you know, downplay how much like girls can help each other. Mm. Women are amazing. <laughs> Which is yes, cool we are. I love it. So. What kind of the for for anyone listening, I think this is something that I mentioned to you just before we were talking on this episode before we started recording, is that people are gonna realise I'm a total PR noob and you are obviously a total PR expert. So one of the reasons I really wanted to get you on the podcast was because a lot of the listeners are small business owners or entrepreneurs, um, freelancers, that kind of thing. And I think often, particularly this is something I felt in my business, is that PR is this huge beast that I don't understand. It's not something that I feel like I can tackle on my own. I feel like it's something I need to outsource or something that's for big corporates and it's not for small businesses like me. So I'd love in this episode for us to dive into kind of your expertise and knowledge and understand kind of a bit more of how it might be relevant for us as small business owners and entrepreneurs, if that feels like something you're happy to dive into. (laughs) That's the reason why I came on on this podcast. Um, And yeah, of course, of course, I mean, you know, there's so much to learn about PR and, you know, if I can lend some um, nuggets of knowledge to, to everyone, then I'm doing a good job. Amazing. Let's fill the podcast with nuggets of knowledge about PR. Yeah. That's the best way to start. So I would love to start with asking why PR? Obviously, you were in it for 10 years and now choosing to run your own business is obviously a big step. If you know, you obviously love the industry or love the work or love something about it. So mm. why why did you choose to work in PR? What kind of makes you love it? Um, good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. Um, to be honest, I think um, like most PRs, uh, the answer to the question is I fell into it. Um, yeah, so essentially, um, I yeah, I was introduced to the the idea of PR um, through a friend who I studied with um, at university, and yeah, she she really thought that I'd be good at it because um, it's all about being a good communicator. Um, I think in a nutshell and being able to talk a good talk um and being extremely nosy um about businesses brands and organizations um in order to extract the best bits 
um, of, a, of, of those and tell the world about them. Um, so, yeah, I think it just resonated with me a lot. And um, I think PR can be quite cliched um, in that, you know, everyone thinks PR is like, like ab fab where we're drinking champagne being taxied around with our best mates um and having a laugh um that would be which, nice <laughs> well wouldn't it and i think uh, probably like 20 years ago there was a bit more of that but now with the you know austerity and you know companies pulling back on budgets um there's there's no room for that um unfortunately but um, that doesn't mean that you, yeah, you can't get good PR. And it's it's about making sure you're with the right type of PR as well. So I think, you know, larger organisations would typically you know, want to go with a, a large kind of corporate PR agency, big tank, essentially, with all the resources to do a big job with big budgets. Um, and then there's the likes of, me and my consultancy, which is you know built for the the, the SME um, and and the entrepreneur, um, where it can be much more affordable, and you get devoted time and passionate people behind your company. So starting at the basics, I'm kind of I've already mentioned this episode. I'm a total PR noob. Probably the best I know about it is that it stands for. Does it stand for personal relations or press relations? Do I know if you know what it stands for? Public relations, darling. <laughs> this is why I've got you on the podcast, Claudia. Absolutely. Because you know the stuff. So starting at the basics, what is PR for someone that's a noob like it's me? it's not a PA either. So, yeah, note to my mum, I'm not a PA. <laughs> she so. can join my club of not understanding what your job name stands for. <laughs> Exactly. So tell us more. What what does PR look like? What actually is it kind of in a nutshell of simplistic okay. for a noob like me? Yeah, so essentially, um, you know, PR, well, you don't know, clearly. Um, but <laughs> PR is helps a business or an organization or an individual stand out from the crowd. So there is a myth out there that good products, for example, good services don't actually need publicity. But the thing is, the media is so saturated with stories um, and and the fact that the, the traditional media house um, these days is shrinking. There is actually less space for people to gain or businesses to gain exposure. So, you know, you really need to stand out against the rest and PR can help this. So um, consumers, I think, have a lot kind of um, more access to information now obviously you know everyone's on social media these days and they can easily find news store news stories about you about products um, find product reviews for example brand comparisons are all done online now um, so the wall between people and brands is is eroding um, and smart PR takes advantage of this, I think, and, and you by using transparency and personality in PR, mm-hmm. you can build deeper relationships with consumers. Okay, so I mean, to me, and kind of like my marketing cap on, that sounds to me like advertising. 
is yeah. does it fit into advertising is it advertising how do the two kind of mesh together yes how do they mix right so i'm gonna yeah just be really blunt here advertising costs a shitload of money pr does not so advertising is all about paid media and creating paid media Public relations is earned media. So it's all about building talkability in the press and online and through social media. Um, there's a really nice phrase, you know, uh, advertising is what you pay for. Publicity is what you pray for, um, which I think kind of brings it to life a lot. And, um, you know, I would say that PR is a real kind of vital ingredient in the marketing mix. So Marketing puts the brand or the product out there, but it's PR, the PR's job to elevate the product um, and make it a bigger part um, of consumers' lives through creating stories, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and people will want your product if they read more about your product, right? So it creates that kind of ongoing ripple effect. Um, so if you create a piece of content once through PR, Hopefully, consumers will read about it again and again and again. I love that quote that you said in there of, you know, advertising is paid. Um, is what you pay for. Is what you pay for. And then PR is what you earn. And I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. Because I think so often we've got these incredible products or services and we're kind of fed this lie or whatever in the sense that we've got to throw yeah. this money at advertising in order to get it out to people. Yeah. But it's almost yeah. like PR is the answer to that. Of like, no, if your product and service is amazing, it's going to speak for itself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, it, you know, obviously there is there is a real um, need for advertising and marketing. Let, let's not, you know, um, be silly. But I think as particularly for startups um, that come to me, they, you know, they want to put their money in PR because they want to, you know, make sure that people are talking about them um, and, and building fans essentially before spending a lot of money um on advertising and marketing mm -hmm. so when we're talking about kind of obviously you work with with startups you work with a whole host of different people don't you? you're working yeah. with national campaigns small businesses big corporates that kind of thing um whereas if we're talking kind of solely about small businesses and entrepreneurs you know we don't have these huge budgets we're not necessarily looking to outsource is it still relevant for small businesses to be engaging in PR or is it something that's just for big corporates? Because I think that was something that was just a huge assumption in my head, but I'm sure you're going to tell me that's not true. Absolutely not. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, there is definitely space for PR um, as a small business or an entrepreneur. Um, and I would say, essentially, in order to uh, excel at your own PR uh, if you don't have the budget to outsource to likes of the, to the likes of myself. Um, you really need to know who you are as as a brand um, and a business and stick to it. I would say first of all, um, you know, it's what is your brand identity and how do you compare to your competitors because that will help to carve out a real sense of identity but also a point of difference um, in the media landscape. Um, it also help you to kind of bring uh, clarity to what your compelling story will be once you've figured that out. Um, and if you believe in your story, then others will. 
I think is, you know, quite a key thing to remember. Um, you know, one one person I think has done really well, um, you know, as a startup who has now grown his, his business far and wide, but Jimmy Cregan, I don't know if you know him, he yeah, created yeah. Jimmy's Ice Coffee. And um, I just love what he's done because he's been really decisive in wanting to have fun with, with his brand. And obviously he's got his name in the brand as well. Um, and so it's re- it's been really important for him to make sure that he's bringing his personality to his audience. Um, and, you know, he's done crazy things that someone like Richard Branson would do where he's launched a rap video and, <laughs> yeah, like worn cartoon, like costumes, of, you know. Um, to, and it's actually proved, proven like to be a really good hit with supermarket buyers. Um and that that actually that costume, him dressed up in a costume, he called him um, a listing with Tesco. So wow, yeah. So you know, it's, I just think it's a really nice story, and and uh, I think it's quite a simple. I wouldn't say simple, but like it's quite a clear mm-hmm. journey for how he's built his brand from from him. Um, I would say also just some tips you guys out there um on on if on doing your own pr is essentially you need to swat the hell out of the media right so spend at least you know 30 minutes a day if you can kind of absorbing newspapers and magazines online articles podcasts um and all of this will really help to give you an idea of what current trends are out there and what's culturally culturally relevant to you and and your business. Um, And you'll also get a sense of what journalists, um, you know, are writing about what and what journalists you'll need to approach um, when you're ready to tell a story. Yeah, I'm so glad you touched on that because that's literally going to be my next question. Of like, okay. To me, one of the like foundational things to do with PR, particularly when I work with different consultancies, is you know getting your story and your message and your product or service talked about in articles, magazines, papers and kind of anything yeah. that's kind of digital press. So I'm glad that you touched on that. And I think sometimes in my head, in order to get into these big newspapers or anything, you've got to hire a big company or have a big budget or do big things. Obviously, from what you've said, it's something that we can all look to achieve. It's just putting in those daily routines yeah, that kind absolutely. of get you in that right position to then be. And then what do you do once you're kind of aware that maybe you found, say, a writer or a weekly paper or something like that, which you think would yeah. be perfect for your story? What's your next step in getting that to engage with them? I think, first of all, you need to set some objectives um, of what you want to achieve through PR so you know because that will help to determine what kind of PR story you want to create so um, you know is it increasing your sales is it increasing awareness of your business or your brand or your product is it becoming known as an expert in something Um, is it entering a new market or industry is it changing perceptions about you Um, do you need a you know complete image change is it attracting great employees? These are all very different objectives and goals. And, you know, I think it really helps to hone in on those. It seems like an obvious, but they're all very, very different um, and all require different PR 
tactics and strategies. Um, and I think, next of all, it's understanding once once you've gathered your objectives and then who you want to talk to, um, it's about understanding what's unique about your business. You know, what is newsworthy? I think uh, a good less like a good way to understand what is newsworthy about yourself or your business is to imagine that nobody cares about you, right? Um, you know, and, and that actually is a really good mental exercise to help you strive to find that most interesting angle mm-hmm. for your story. I think that is always quite a good place to start. Um, and I think... From there, it's it's really about getting on, under the skin of what is newsworthy right now. You know, can you piggyback on one of the stories that's currently, you know, in the media? Do you have an excellent spokesperson um, who can, you know, fire off a brilliant interview um, in front of the uh, in front of a broadcast audience? Mm-hmm. And I guess kind of what I've picked up in terms of what you've already said already it's understanding you know how can I make my story what what's different about my business what's something Mm. in my business which is newsworthy what's something that I bring which I haven't seen anywhere else who do I work with that's you know got a particularly unique take on something and almost instead of asking that question of what can I bring it's asking that question of what's different about me or my business which people are going to want to be interested in yeah absolutely right and I guess making that relevant to stuff that's going on in the real world so not just shoving your message and your story and whatever out there at any time but considering you know is this a current hot topic or is this something that people are currently kind of interested in and talking about absolutely and another key one which you know can be tapped into for your social media channels but also for potential PR opportunities and draw out some interesting ideas is you get online and find out when the most important calendar hooks are for your brand. So, you know, uh, for example, one of my clients, the Association of Child Psychotherapists, um, which is all around mental health um, in in children and adolescents, the, um, you know, mental health week is coming, coming up soon. So I'm creating some interesting content um using some case studies and some stats in order to to tap into that week um and make sure that we're in the running for some of that conversation Mm -hmm. that's really cool and such a kind of simple thing that we can do that isn't this huge job but just this really easy and it makes so much sense when you say it but it's yeah yeah really helpful so i guess Jumping back, because I know when I asked you before, you know, once we've figured out, oh, yeah, this is the story I think I can bring. This is kind of the angle that I can come from. And then maybe we've established the platforms it might be suitable for. What's the next step we can take in actually approaching those journalists or newspapers or kind of places that we actually want our story to go out there? How can we almost, instead of sending these cold emails that no one's going to reply to, make sure that what we're sending through gets the right impact? And hit the phone and get the journalists on the phone. Um, obviously, it's really difficult. Journalists don't really have much time for telephone calls these days. Um, they're all working remotely these days, or they're just really slammed um, with, you know, uh, lack of lack of resource. So, 
but there is still an opportunity if you can get the number of the journalist or even just the switchboard number um, for the building where they work, then you can try and get through to them. I would say that is the, the best way to, to engage with them because if you can get them on the phone, the moment you send that email, it's going to resonate far more strongly. Yeah, that's such a good point because they must get so many emails through of all these people telling them kind of their stories and whatever. And I, it's almost that kind of way of warming them up to what you're going to tell them, isn't it? And yeah. then they're expecting that email. And when they get it, it's going to be so better received because it's not just this sudden kind of cold email into their inbox. Yeah, exactly. But obviously, if you get them on the phone, you need to know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so even, you know, sometimes, I mean, I've done PR for 10 years and I still sometimes with certain journalists that I'm nervous about calling, um, particularly national journalists because they'll just run you off the sh- off, off the phone <laughs> as soon as, um, I actually write little kind of prompt points of the key messages I want to get across in the first minute on mm-hmm. the phone um, because that minute is the most crucial um, you know it, it's it's like pitching for business right you've got five minutes to show them what you do in the most engaging and inspirational way possible and if you can't do that then you've lost that pitch mm-hmm which can sometimes feel a bit terrifying, kind of phone calls, yeah. but I love that simple advice of like, just write down the things that you definitely want to say, and then you don't end up being that time, you know, and you finish a call and you're like, darn it, I should have said that thing, yeah. or like, I missed out that key point. Absolutely, so. and you know, it could be even like saying it out loud to yourself, what are you going to say when you get on the phone to them um, that's going to engage them the moment they pick up the phone? Mm-hmm. That's such a great tip. Thank you. And I have another question about a tip that I've kind of seen around a lot. And I'm almost just curious to know from you what your advice would be. Um, So I was looking kind of at PR stuff a couple of weeks ago. And I saw one of the biggest things was to search for journal requests on Twitter. Yeah. Which is something I've looked at. And I have this kind of email that comes in every day that tells me all these journal requests. But I often see that there are people looking for like an angle on something or they're writing a big article and they want you know a hundred words to add into it is that activity and that work still something that's relevant for us or is that something that isn't I'm just curious to know um I think it's a really good point um and I would say it's amazing okay because it seems almost too simple to be true but it seems to work it's it's amazing I've um I've generated national coverage through journo tweets um, which is Janet, sorry, Janet, Janet requests. Um, you know, it is obviously you've got to get in there as quick as can be. So trying to monitor them every day is is worth doing when you can. Um, and it, it's very reactive. So you know, it will be journalists with a story or an angle, yes, as you say, and and you have to fit that story. So. Yeah, it's always worth a punt. Yeah, that's good. Because I was kind of doing it, but I was just this question in my head of, is it something that's relevant? And it's literally yeah. like, that thing is now, I, I go on whenever I'm sat in a car or I've got like 10 minutes to spare, I just flick through Twitter. Yeah. Um, and it's not always these stories which like you're the main thing or it's like yeah. a whole thing about you, but actually it's so incredible just to almost get your foot in the door of being published yeah. in something. 
Absolutely. Um, and actually, being next, being kind of covered or featured next to someone else who's probably successful in their own right as well is no bad thing either. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives a sense of, you know, relevance. So I get a lot of requests from, from clients wanting to have these big, you know, I like to say fuck off big uh, profiles, if I can swear. Um, and yes, they're incredibly important as significant. However, I think being featured alongside other um, powerful individuals is is as powerful, um, mm-hmm. I would say, as having a profile alone. Great. So don't undervalue those kind of small opportunities to get into press and I guess maybe you can tell me if this is true or not when you're applying for those big stories will they take into account if you've say been featured in you know five smaller stories before if you've already engaged in that newspaper in some way is that something that will give you kind of a foot in the door do you mean the same publication or yeah I mean I guess if you're already engaging with those journal request type articles is being featured in those smaller Pieces is going to give you kind of a bit more of a standing when you're looking to get these kind of big publishings about yourself? That's a very good uh, question. Um, no, the, the, you're not likely to be featured many times um, in the same publication but unless you've got something new, um, like a new launch or you are really... Um, quite high profile in the press already and so you're seen as an expert um, and you have gravitas because you work for you know the likes of Airbnb or Sainsbury's mm-hmm. so I wouldn't like to be um, the uh, CEO of Sainsbury's right now I don't know if you've seen the press today but he's been caught yeah. out the song he was <laughs> singing is that the one you're no, talking about it? <laughs> that, I mean that in itself bad PR mm-hmm. dude don't do that on on national television, even <laughs> if it's not being filmed. Awful. I don't know how they got away with that. I don't know where his PRs were mm-hmm. at the time. But, um, yeah, very, yeah, poorly managed. Yes. Um, but, but actually, back to your point, yes. Um, so uh, I, I do have some high-profile um, business people that I work with, and... Essentially, it's been is it can be a struggle to get them in the press when they've already been in in national press um, before because national press will always want to highlight the new and the you know the fresh the fresh angles. So it is actually quite difficult to get um, coverage in the same publications over and over again. Ah, that's so interesting. Because I think in my like naive PR mind, it was like almost this quantity over quality thing. But I guess it's almost on its head of like, actually, you're, yeah, it's not this thing of once you've got five articles, you're going to be getting all these others. But you've got to be coming from these different angles and different stories. Absolutely, you always need to kind of be proactive in that. But I think you know we we this this is in relation to to the the, the profile of the person or the entrepreneur, whereas you know, if you've if you're doing stories around the business and the products, then there's more scope for generating uh, new stories. Mm-hmm. 
And I guess within our businesses, we're constantly moving, constantly changing. There's always something new to write about and always something new to kind of take an angle from and talk about in our businesses. So it's not like we're going to run out of ideas. (laughs) No, I hope not. I think that would be a bit of a concerning thing if we ran out of things to talk about about our businesses. (laughs) But I'm sure we've all been there, you know, and it just feels a bit dry and you're like, have I even got anything to say? (laughs) Yeah, there'll be days like that, but there'll be days when you feel inspired and you've got a new something new to say Mm -hmm. and you've given out some really great um like expertise and tips for small businesses that are looking to do the PR themselves but obviously Mm. acknowledging your job and what you do you are for people who are looking to outsource that function in their business and for some people listening or who are kind of small business owners or entrepreneurs that might be something that they're looking into so tell us a bit more about what's the attraction to people for hiring PR consultancies like yourselves um what are the benefits? Why do it? Is there a point in your business where you should look into hiring kind of professional help? Tell us a bit more about that. Okay. Well, I would say that um, I should I should have an answer for this. Um, no, I would say you know the value that a consultancy like mine can bring is that personal uh, and tailored approach to PR um, that's very affordable so you know I don't run the consultancy with big overheads um, in an office Um, and essentially I am extremely flexible so I work with a cohort of freelancers talented freelancers that I've usually worked with in the past and done amazing things for big clients um, and we work together to create a PR strategy um, and a series of PR campaigns and tactics that get to the heart of what your object- objectives are. Um, and it's and it's all about you know creating PR for positive impact. So you know I want to work with clients that want to do positive things. Um, and I think and I hope it resonates with them Mm -hmm. and is there any point obviously it's it's never something that you can like pinpoint or put a fact on but as business owners is there kind of some telltale signs that you're maybe at a position where you want to look at getting kind of expertise in terms of PR within your business yeah so there's definitely um, various stages in which businesses will feel that they they are ready and need PR um, I would say, you know, it it does depend on the individual and the, and the business. Um, you know, I've I've had some clients come to me where you know they've they've just launched their company and they want to get that shot in the arm um, of of PR uh, to to get their name out there. Or there's you know the likes of British Library where they have loads of different exhibitions and loads of different initiatives going on. But it's all on kind of a project by project basis as well. Um, so I think the the PR needs vary very much. Um, but the great thing about you know working with the likes of me um, at Clove PR is that we are very flexible and can adapt. So you know a, a big PR agency is going to insist that um, the client you know signs a, an agreement to work with them for at least you know six months to a year 
um, you know, which means hefty contracts and um, locked into to potentially bad quality PR. Um, and I think that's something that clients are just really kind of walking away from now and they don't want to pay big overheads and they don't want to pay for Christmas parties, you know, for mm -hmm. hundreds of people. They, they want to pay for quality PR that does, uh, you know, creates impact um, and, and, you know, can be relied upon. Mm-hmm. And I love that you kind of mentioned in there that thought of almost going with consultancy firms instead of these kind of big corporates. In a sense, it is this personal experience. And mm -hmm. I, I guess the thing I'm hearing with PR is it's so unique to every single business. And there's not this kind of cookie cutter that you can put on every single business that's going to work. And I guess that would be the attraction of people working with consultancy firms like yourself at Clo PR is that they're almost getting this like total one on one expertise, but not for these crazy overheads that you'd particularly expect. Absolutely. You've nailed it, Alice. Good. I'll, just, I'll write your bio for your website if you ever need yeah, it. I feel, like, I feel like you've, you know, you've really got on board with what PR is now. I feel like I've had like a, a lesson. This is great. <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. Um, so I always end with this question, or at least ask it in some point in the episode. It's totally non-PR related. Um, but having talked a lot about, you know, your expertise and you telling us a lot of stuff, which is incredibly valuable, I'd love to just ask you a slightly fun question about your business. Um, I think everyone has those things when, you, obviously, you took that transition um, after nine years of working in, uh, like, the corporate world and for another business through to like running your own consultancy firm and I think we all have those things of like you expect it to be one way when you work for yourself or run a business but actually the reality is like far less glamorous and far from that was there yeah. anything for you that when you were first taking that leap to running your consultancy firm you're like oh my gosh I'm gonna love it because it's gonna be like this but you were like half a year in and we're like it totally was not like that <laughs> did you have any like <laughs> expectation versus reality right moment? yeah Oh, well, it's, I think it surprised me so much in so many different ways. Um, but I think the thing that has most surprised me is how much I bloody love my job now. It's quite incredible. I never thought I'd feel so passionate about what I do. Um, and, you know, I, I've always really enjoyed PR. I mean, hence why I've been in it for so long. But it's so easy when you're just doing the day-to-day -day and being micromanaged by people and having to sit in meetings where you know, people just want to hear the sound of their own voice. Um, very negative uh, perceptions. <laughs> but um, but that I don't have to deal with a lot of that anymore and I can, I can enjoy it. And I think, I think it's come down to the fact that it's mine. I, you know, it's, it's a sense of ownership um, and a responsibility to do a good job for mm -hmm. my clients, but also just to to prove to myself that I can I can I can do a good job. Yeah, that's such a good answer to that question. Usually, people say like, oh, "I was expecting to like not really work and watch Netflix all day," and it turns out you don't. <laughs> but you gave this amazing one of like, "I love my job. I'm so passionate about it," and such a nice one to hear as well. Something that's so encouraging to hear that other people yeah. love their jobs as well and that you can really enjoy working in industry yeah. and it's not this. Well, yeah. I think it's, it is what you make of it. I think that's what I'm learning is that you can 
carve out a path for yourself um, on your terms. Um, and you know, we're so we're so um, kind of swaddled with the idea that we have to work for someone else and be paid by someone else. Um, and you know, of course, it's it's really scary. But you know, if I can encourage more people to set up on their own, I, you know, I will because I just think everyone will have a better quality of life. Yeah, it's just a better life, isn't it? It's like yeah. you can't even. I could talk about it for hours. It's just a nicer <laughs> lifestyle in every way. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Yes, it's hard. And yeah. you can feel alone, but as we said at the beginning, it's about pulling in those really, you know, encouraging people that are going to be your brand fans, as I said before. Yeah. Um, and and push you up. Um, yeah. and that that will certainly help. Amazing. So if people off the back of this episode want to either connect with you just because they want to be your brand fan or however you want to put that, um, oh. or if they're interested in working with you, because obviously you know a lot and this is obviously only like the tip of the iceberg what you've talked about in this episode and what you can bring to people's businesses where can they find you and where would you love them to connect with you okay well I think a good place to start would be my website which I built myself with Squarespace you don't need to spend shitloads of money on just you know designers and stuff like that um although it probably does need a rebrand at some point but um <laughs> it's www.clopr.co.uk c-l-o-p-r um or you can catch me on instagram uh which is we are clopr um and uh yeah connect nice i love your instagram it's such a like whenever i see one of your posts i'm like that's a bit of motivation that's like gonna Aww, keep me going for today <laughs> Yours is inspirational too. I feel like mine's just very monochrome and slightly uninspirational, but thank you. No, but yours, but you've got a you've got a brand, you've got a brand identity. That's part of it. Thanks, Claudia. It's very, I, I think it's very identifiable. Great, that it's yours. Thank you. I yeah. feel like I'm just like soaking up wisdom in today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for like educating me, for talking so openly about like obviously all this knowledge and wisdom and expertise that you have. And yeah, I. I'm so excited to see kind of where you go. If this is even you like a year in, I think it's going to be amazing to see where Clopiar goes from here. Thanks so much, Alex. Uh, Alice, I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, love talking to you. Um, I could talk about PR and business all day too. So let's let's definitely meet for coffee again. Yeah, and I'll ask you all the dumb questions. And let's just revisit <laughs> the fact that I didn't know what PR stood for at the start of this episode. So you can learn things is what we've yes, today. Exactly. <laughs> I so hope that you enjoyed this episode and that it's helped you to feel that one step closer to not only understanding what PR is, but realizing how you can actually begin to utilize it within your business. I know that Claudia really took me on a journey from starting the episode, honestly not even understanding what PR was, to actually leaving it with some really practical steps about how I can begin to integrate PR into something that I do for my business, my products and my services. I could have continued asking Claudia questions for a lot longer because let me tell you, she is a total expert. And as we mentioned briefly in there about her business, Claudia runs a PR consultancy. And I'm going to read this um, excerpt from their website because it just perfectly sums up not only what they do, but the value that they add to the businesses that they work with. 
It says through an audience-first approach, Clo PR will build strategy for creative ideas to reach your target audience. Our services aim to give you the shot in the arm of brand awareness to get your dreams off the ground and complement your mission to grow. I mean, that just sounds like any business owner's dream, right? So if you've got a remarkable product or service and an incredible story that surrounds that and you want to tell the world about it and begin to get your name out there, outsourcing your PR to experts like Claudia and her team might just be the right thing for you. So if you're interested, you can check them out at clopr.co.uk. I'm sure that Claudia would love to answer any questions that you have. Um, but if you just fell in love with Claudia in general, you love her expertise, you love her attitude, and you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with PR and both her life, you can get connected with their Instagram, which is WeAreClopr. So go and find them over on the gram and check out what they're up to. But that's it for today's episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I would absolutely love it if you left a review over on iTunes. I know that every single podcast host asks you to do this, but let me tell you, it seriously makes my heart happy and it really helps with sharing um, these incredible episodes with more women and business owners across the world. And actually, let me just tell you, knowing that people watch... um, they don't watch them, they listen in. Seriously blows my little mind. Um, anytime that someone tells me they're listening to a podcast episode, I first of all get a bit nervous because I think, oh, maybe I sound stupid, but then I'm like, that's amazing. I'm so glad that it's reaching people. So yeah, if you have a moment, please leave a review. But apart from that, thank you so much for listening and we'll speak on the next episode.